The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose any medical condition, replace the advice of a healthcare professional, or provide any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Copyright 2020, Fireteam Whiskey, LLC, all rights reserved. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, a podcast for military members, veterans, and first responders focusing on fitness, health, nutrition, and biohacking. Our mission with this podcast is to introduce America's heroes to lifestyle habits and hacks that will help them live healthier, happier lives, and in turn, be fit enough to continue their support of their communities and country. Hey guys, welcome to another awesome episode of the Warrior Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Captain Stephanie Lincoln, and today I'm interviewing Greg Washington. He is a former Army soldier who quit his six-figure job to drop everything and to help those suffering from complicated grief and PTSD. So we'll talk about exactly what complicated grief is in a few minutes here, so just give it a second. He's the co-host of a podcast that called Guards Down. It's the Guards Down podcast, where they help people who need support, encouragement, and advice, and provide a platform for people suffering from PTSD and complicated grief to express themselves and have a voice of healing. So let's get to it and listen in on the interview I did with Greg Washington of Guards Down. Welcome to the Warrior Wellness Podcast, Greg. I appreciate you taking the time to be on and uh, speaking to our audience of military members, veterans, and first responders. And I um, I read your bio here um, a, a few minutes ago, but I just wanted you to maybe dive into a little bit. I know you are a Army veteran, correct? So I just yes. wanted to kind of get a little uh, brief history of your, your background in the Army. Okay. I'm originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina. So first, let me thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've come from the country. I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Went to the United States Military Academy at West Point. Played football while I was there. Uh, majored in engineering management with a concentration on mechanical engineering and commissioned as an infantry officer. Uh, I was at 9-11 as a freshman, a plebe, when I was at West Point during 9-11 as a freshman or a plebe uh, when, when the attack on the trade towers hit. So I knew, me and my classmates knew that we were going to war. And, you know, you roughly get about a thousand cadets per class. Our class was the first one that was in flux. We had about 11 to 1,200. And none of us, none of us walked away. And so we all had that, that, that commitment. We all had that oomph about each other that we were going to be leaders, you know, in, into, into whatever the world was going into. And so we commissioned as a commission as an infantry officer deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq and, you know, took the fight to the enemy. Yeah. Awesome. And how old, how old were you when you joined? I guess you, you were probably in your 18, 19 when you were, you were at the, the uh, West Point, right? Correct. So uh, when, when I, I signed my commitment, I was 17 still. And that in itself is a story of just having a very strong support system and allowing the universe or God to move. So when I was a high school senior, I was like, all right, you know, I don't want my mom to pay for college. I'm going to figure this out. So what I was going to do 
I was going to walk on to NC State. I was going to join the football team. I was going to major in polymer engineering, and I was going to do Marine ROTC. I had the Marine recruiter at my house, pen and paper in hand, ready to sign, getting ready to, to sign up, go do basic training over the summer, and then, you know, and then go that route. My mother, she was like, hold on, son, let's wait two weeks. And within two weeks, you know, if nothing comes about, you know, then you can sign. The Marine recruiter was like, this is money in the bag. <laughs> I already, you know, I spoke with Greg. I know where his passion is. I got him. So he was like, I'll come back. You know, you, you still got time. So, you know, my, my mother, she's very religious. And so, you know, she she's a praying woman. And I, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Um, she prayed. And when, within two weeks of that happening, my rec football coach, when I was nine years old, contacted me about going to West Point. He had a chance to go, but he chose love instead. And so he presented me, you know, with this opportunity because he had been following me since I was nine. Even when I went and moved out to Arkansas with my dad, you know, he would call and check on me. So football season had just ended. I was playing, I played quarterback, running back, and strong safety. Uh, I even scored in all three positions in one game. So, you know, that was tell you kind of the level of, you know, how good I was at football. And so um, he calls up and talks to me about West Point and, you know, asks me, I know anything about it. No, I, I didn't know anything. I hadn't been exposed to it. And so, you know, he was like, well, do your homework, tell me what you think. And so I did. And he was like, okay, you know, if you get an opportunity, promise me one thing, you won't quit. I've always been a man of my word. So when I made that promise, I, uh, I wasn't going to quit. Wow. And so he got in touch with the football coach. Just so happened one of the West Point recruiters used to play football for one of the local high schools. And so all of that came about in that two weeks of my mom, you know, telling me to take a moment and just, you know, step back and, and how she would say it, let God. Mm. And so within that two week time frame, I was getting recruited for West Point and I was, I was off to the races to, to go there. Yeah. What a huge opportunity. That's crazy. One of our fitness trainers uh, for fire team whiskey, he uh, was a army. Um, uh, he was on the army and U S army basketball team. So I've gotten to speak with two athletes <laughs> who, who, uh, who did things, great things athletically for the military, if, if not of everything else that you did with your career. So um, everything I read about you online um, goes back to kind of the, the, a simple point. Um, and it's fantastic. You know, it definitely gets your attention because it's like, wow, what, what, what happened? What, what triggered this life change? So you say that you quit a six-figure job to help those who are suffering with PTSD and complicated grief. So I'm sure everybody wants to know, and that's the question that comes up, what triggered that change? If I could be honest, my ghost is what triggered it. And I told my ghost because I spoke to, when I first did a speaking engagement, that's how, you know, I talked about like that trigger. So going to West Point 
one of the first things they tell you is that you will make friends for life. And it holds true, you know, to this day. You're young, 17, 18, you sign a, a lifelong commitment, one of your first decisions that you will ever make as an adult. And you, you, you take a vow to, to serve your country, you know, selflessly. And so um, between the, the football team and my classmates and the people at West Point, it was a very close tight group. It's a family almost because day in, day out, we're watching each other push ourselves to the max in school and academics and sports and in the military as well, the training that we do. And so I had two of my closest friends, my roommate, Scotty Pace, and my best female friend, Emily Perez. I would see them day in, day out at West Point. And we're always doing, you know, that battle buddy check at the end of the day, you know, checking on each other. And so we graduated, we deployed. I actually had a chance to go into the NFL. I was in it in a draft in 2005. Um, a whole uh, uh, leading tackler record for the most tackles in the top five. I'm in the top five all-time leading tacklers for West Point. And so um, I had a chance to go to the NFL. I stayed behind to be a grad assistant coach for the football team. So I was behind my class when it came to training and moving forward. And so, you know, I wanted to, to serve my country. And so, you know, we, we move forward in that direction. What ends up happening is over the course of about 10 to 15 years, it's been 2011 since I got out because I was, I was hurt myself. Um, my two best friends were killed. They were killed in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I remember them, you know, on a daily basis. So when it first happened, that grief overwhelmed me to the point where, you know, I, I just, I couldn't deal with it. And I had my own, you know, trauma that I was dealing with as well, you know, having been deployed and, and in combat. And so um, I bring up the story of 9-11 and, and and Emily, because when 9-11 happened, I remember sitting in psych class with Emily and we get an announcement, we hear over the TV that, you know, that this has just happened and everybody's devastated. And so she turns, she looks at me with this, you know, this, this, this shocked feeling, right? That our futures are forever changed. And, you know, I look to her and I tell her, hey, look, I got you. Like, I'll, I'll make sure, you know, you're good. Like, I promise I'll be there. And fast forwarding to, you know, her death, we weren't in the same unit. Um, I was still within, you know, my training, you know, so that I could forward deploy. And my best friend was killed, hit by a roadside bomb. And I remember that that night very vividly. Um, I fucked up a lot of things in my house because I was so angry, uh, which I end up having to fix later on too. You know, that happened. I remember those frustrations. And so all I, I kept 
hearing and remembering, you know, I would see her face and all I could say was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't there to protect you. I'm sorry I wasn't there to uphold my promise to you. And it was just day in, day out, you know, if you want to be. And so it took everything in me to self-destruct get into the fight and go kick some ass because my best friend had just died you, you know you you have these people in the world that don't have a ounce of decency for humanity and you just want to be that protector and that leader you know that the 17 18 year old me signed up to be and so um and so I, I had to deal with that. And so I had to govern myself when I, I was deployed because I couldn't be reckless. I was a leader and ambassador for the US and also for, for my, my unit and my family. And so, you know, we had to conduct operations in a, in a professional manner. You know, we, we still uphold a, a code of ethics to, you know, to war fight. And, and even to this day, you know, I still feel that way. And so moving through that to even to the point where I got injured and hurt myself um, and tried my best to stay in the military, uh, I got out. And so I got to a point where I am now out the military trying to figure out, you know, life after the army because, you know, since I was 17, all I thought was, okay, my goal is to be a career, a career officer. I want to make general. And so here I am out the army, losing friends left and right. And mind you, the majority of my friends are all military officers. So, you know, everybody is in the fight and that, and, and that's just all, you know, and I'm having to deal with this grief. And so, Emily died, I'm dealing with it. And then a couple of years later into, you know, my civilian world, my friend Scotty Case dies as well. And so he, he was a, uh, he's a helicopter pilot. And so, you know, his bird went down and I had to travel back to, you know, each of their funerals and, you know, acknowledge and be with their families. And so it was, man, it was so tough to lose the people that you love so much. And so all I could kept remembering was, you know, my ghost. And at first it was haunting, right? To, to be haunted by your ghost to a point where, you know, you can't sleep, you wake up day and night, and it's all you think about. And I had to stop and take a step back for a second and say, okay, yes, these might be my ghosts. This might be the world that I live in, but who are these people to me? And would they really be haunting me? And so I was like, you know, no, they wouldn't. And so it was at that point where I was like, well, you know, what are you telling me? And so I went from fearing my ghost 
to accepting them and allowing that to motivate me to do something better, to do something more productive, to do something positive, not just for myself, but for other people. And yeah. so we, we talk about, you know, the, the day I quit, uh, well, the day, the day I left, you know, my job, it was, it wasn't a one-off thing. I had a plan, right? I didn't just be like up and, you know, and, and, and quit and, and not have a game plan. Uh, I, I had a way out. I figured out how to systematically do all the tasks so that I could, you know, physically remove myself from the workflow and then setting up you know, my, my projects and the financial backing to, to get me to the point where, where I could exit. And so, I remember having through Ali and really have a self look at who I am and what I wanted to be. And my good friend Jerome, you know, him and I, we talked and he said, you know, he said, Greg, look at it like this. You're here for a reason. If it was the other way around, do you think they could have managed or carried the way you did? And so look into yourself and ask, what's your higher purpose? And so I, I look back over everything that I've done when it came to, all right, I was military, I transitioned out, I'm in the corporate world, I'm gonna climb the corporate ladder, I'm gonna go get my MBA to, all right, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I get into finances, I wanna be somewhat of an activist. And so, you know, I, uh, I, I get into cannabis, being able to consult and grow on a commercial level uh, in states that are legal. And so I'm looking at my, my, my works, I'm looking at what I bring to the table, and I'm like, what am I most passionate about? It's always been about helping soldiers. And so being in a veteran capacity, how can I go back and help soldiers on a wide scale? And so that's when I created Guards Down, raising awareness for PTSD and complicated grief. There are a couple of things dealing with trauma and grief that people go through where if you've never been through trauma or grief or, or never given the tools or don't have the resources or the support available, it can really flip your world upside down. And so I wanted to create a community that is all about being able to support a person being stuck in their trauma and grief because you don't have to go through it alone. You have other people out there that have been through what you've been through that are still currently going through what you, you know, you're going through and you have people that are growing through what you've been through. And so to connect with this community of people from different cultures all around the world to support each other on such a high level that we can make life and what we do more enjoyable 
versus living in pain and misery and feeling like you're alone. Yeah. I love how, um, you know, you, you say that uh, Guards Down podcast provides a voice of healing for those who are suffering and, and provides a community of, of like-minded, um, you know, people who, who have been through maybe or experienced some of the same things because they're, that is important that, you know, that you are um, able to, you know, that's the, that's the biggest issue with, with military transitions, right. Is, is, you know, you don't know what I've been through and it's making those connections with other veterans. Um, it makes us feel not so alone in the world, so to speak. So, you know, we, we, we address that a lot with fire team whiskey and um, providing that community aspect of, of, you know, Hey, we're all kind of in this together. And uh, that's why it's called a fire team, you know, because it's one team, one fight, right. You know, we're not going to be able to accomplish our mission unless we're working together to do that. So you may be strong in one area and I may be weak in one area and we can work together and accomplish that mission. So I love your, your concept for guards down podcast. So, um, uh, we have a few more minutes, but I wanted to just get your, get your advice, um, basically. And I know you're already kind of creating a, a platform for people to connect and to do this. So I, I know part of the answer, but, um, you know, what would be your advice um, since you've been through this and you're interviewing people on your podcast who, who are going through this to listeners right now, if they're listening to our voices right now, on this podcast who are military members, veterans, or first responders, because this is a major issue in first responders as well, um, who may be suffering in silence. You know, what would your advice be? Yeah, so for those that are out there that are suffering in silence, you don't have to. Learn how to save yourself. So it first starts with your body's going through something that your mind and, and your, your body's not processing, something is off. So when you can research and define what you're going through, you can put a game plan to overcome it. And so learn how to save yourself, right? Learn what, what, what the pain, what the ailment, you know, what's going on with your body, both physically and also the moral injuries so that you can identify that and put a game plan or, or, or action plan to it. The next part is find your tribe. Find someone or a community of people that you can relate to outside of your normal day life. So in the military or even the first responders, which I thank both of y'all, you are not your job. You are still you. And so you need to be around people that relate to you and not just your profession. And so find a tribe of people where you can, you know, self-identify and that you can continuously grow with. Within that area right there, you're, you're able to do a couple of things because now, you know, you're finding a network of people, you're finding that you're not alone, and you will have people that will be accountability partners to helping you along your journey. The other part, physical fitness and mindfulness. 
incorporate physical fitness into your daily living and, 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 and life into your daily schedule. And you'll find that it will help you to relieve stress in the body that, you know, you, you normally just can't process and think through. And the last part is, you know, wellness, mindfulness, you know, what you eat as well as how you meditate and, and how you think. So having a, a strong, healthy diet, natural, right? Because there's certain vegetables and fruits and things out there that help promote the natural like dopamines and all of these other things that keep, you know, that keep you alert and, and keep you feeling good. There are actual foods that, you know, and, and things that, that help with that. So having a, a very good diet. And then the other part is mindfulness, understanding that bad shit is going to happen. You don't have to like it, but to be able to acknowledge it and accept that and know that, okay, you know, things could have been worse. I'm grateful and humble for where I am now. Now pick up and go. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're talking definitely right up my alley with that fitness and nutrition stuff. <laughs> Love it. So um, thank you so much, Greg. I, I think your story is definitely a great testament to how you can turn, you know, using your words, your ghosts, into a passionate, passionate project and do, you know, look at those ghosts really more as an inspiration, a motivation and kind of a turning point in your life, guiding you to where you need to go. So, you know, ghosts don't always have to be scary, right? <laughs> they, can, they can actually be friendly. They can actually be looking out for you and pushing you towards your potential rather than holding you back. So I love that theme of your story and how, how you were able to kind of flip the script and, and see that circumstance that way and that you got unstuck. Um, with that transition and how you're helping other people get unstuck with your efforts with your podcast guards down so I will um, put the links to your website and also to your podcast on the show notes for this episode of the warrior wellness podcast but um, I just wanted to thank you so much Greg for being on the show and um, I will definitely be talking to you very soon all right. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, for all of you veterans and non-veterans and first responders that are out there, you have you have a community that's, that, that's willing to be supportive to you and that you don't have to suffer in silence. Um, I will be walking from Mississippi through the South on up the East Coast back to West Point. And so I would love to connect with each and every one of you along the way as a tribute to raising awareness for, for, for PTSD and 